thank God. Thank God. I kind of just wanted to keep praising in that song there. So we'll sing it again, right? We're going to sing it again anyhow. Uh, in August, we're going to be uh, talking about you. <laughs> we're going to talk about God in you, on the inside of you. We're going to talk about the purpose of God uh, in you. And um, maybe also in the services, but we're going to have some, uh, I think, a couple special meetings uh, talking about the vision of the church. You know, I had an experience about a month and a half ago. We were in the worship service here, and uh, it felt like I was uh, actually lifted up uh, and saw from above. And uh, man, it's such a precious thing. I don't even like to talk a lot in detail about it, but. Um, you ever have those times when the Lord just like opens his heart to you and you actually feel what he feels? You experience what he experiences and you begin to see things from his perspective. And so what I saw was, I saw all of us. And I looked and what I saw was like God, like holy special purpose deposited in your hearts from God himself and how easy it is to go through life and just not honor that in such a way that you just think well I don't have anything to offer and uh, you know uh, yeah I just do this or I just do that but uh, but I saw these purposes uh, on every life it, it actually brought me to tears and how you have so much inside of you it would be like if you could try to put it in natural terms if you could see this is going to kind of really pale in comparison because it, it's just, uh, if, if you're sports, maybe it doesn't come uh, pale, but if you like sports a lot. But like uh, you think of that golfer, Tiger Woods, who has a real gift for golf, right? And, uh, but really, if he had, if his father had never recognized that and got him into practicing and developing that thing, he would never have been what what he was until he had the accident and hopefully what he will be as soon as his body's restored from the accident, right? But I mean, maybe the greatest golfer who ever lived. But yet every single one of us, you are so special to God. And he has a, an assignment on your life, but the assignment that God gives for you, it's not like a burden and it's not, oh man, I have, it's I get to do this. Uh, because you'll never be more fulfilled in your life than when you find out how God wants to use you and you start to go into those things, move into those things, and develop into those things. You'll be like, whoa, what is this? And so we're going to talk about some of that in August. I'm really excited about it. We're um, Vitaly, um, I don't know if you're watching, but if you are, I hope you're not getting sunburnt on the beach. And, uh, all of that and protecting your baby with sunscreen and you know uh, doing all those things protect your wife with sunscreen there uh, at Virginia Beach but he is uh, serving in a, at a capacity where he's redesigning uh, our whole website for us and so uh, we're real excited for that and so uh, we've been doing that for, for a little while and uh, hopefully that'll uh, be able to be uh, rolled out uh, in July uh, ready for August and then we're gonna have a big uh, big kickoff in the fall and so we're really excited about that so uh how'd i do jessica is that good all right so she put that on there and she pointed out to me this morning don't forget to say that praise the lord not in that way but <laughs> she's like what is he doing all right second corinthians chapter eight 
uh, excuse me, chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. You know, uh, when we give, it's not like, okay, then when we sing, that's the worship part of the service and that's over. No, your, your giving is an act of worship. It's an act of drawing near to God. It's an act of offering yourself to God. It's an act of looking to God. And so we're going to look to him uh, this morning. And uh, the Lord stirred this in my heart driving home from, um, where were we? Louisiana uh, this past week. And so uh, uh, I'm excited about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. Everybody say grudgingly. You know, it actually has to do with grief, not in grief. So two things, don't give grudgingly and don't give of necessity, right? So don't give in grief or don't give grudging. Or I could say begrudging or like, man, I have to give actually... Um, I think it's Weiss translation says, kind of in the middle there, thus as a matter of generosity, I want you to give and not as a gift with a covetous spirit would withhold, but gives grudgingly under pressure. In other words, uh, still, you're still giving, but you're grudging about your giving and you're under pressure to do it. He said, don't give this way. Don't give this way. Actually, he said, as a man purposes where? In his heart. So if you do not purpose in your heart, in your giving, you're going to have a tendency to give grudgingly or of necessity. Well, that's just what I'm supposed to do. That's what I need to do because it's, it's, it's pushed upon me or it's what is expected of me. Well, he's talking about, if you look in verse 6, uh, he that sows sparingly is going to reap how? Sparingly. Same way that you give, same way you reap. He that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. He that sows uh, liberally or generously is going to reap liberally or generously. No, hold nothing back. If you hold nothing back with God, God will hold nothing back with you. <laughs> meager sowing means meager reaping. And right, the very next verse, he says, don't give grudgingly. Right? So we want to give from our heart. The only way to give and be happy about it because God loves a cheerful giver. Amplified says he prizes above all else a hilarious prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. So God wants our heart in our giving. Actually, remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Don't let money have your heart. Give your heart to God and your money will follow. Uh, also, give your money to God and your heart will follow. Like, I, I have no trouble with Sharon. I love Sharon. <laughs> if I had trouble with Sharon, one of the greatest things I could do to change my heart if I have tried and tried and my flesh keeps rising up, I'll just give her a lot of money. <laughs> Generous, liberal. She's like, I wish you didn't like me. <laughs> It will affect your heart. Well, Jesus said if somebody, somebody does something evil to you, pray that a curse comes on them. No, he said do something good for them. Why? He wants your heart 
to not be full of hatred. Why? Because God's not going to bless hatred. Actually, hatred will give access to the enemy himself to come in and destroy your life. So, uh, God loves, uh, prizes above all else, a cheerful giver. That's just the introduction. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Mark, uh, we were at his camp meeting this week, and, um, you know, he asked the Lord one time, he said, uh, you know, it says a generous sower is a generous reaper. He's going to get a generous harvest. So he said, Lord, how will I know when I'm generous? And the Lord said, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know. He said, that's when you think about it a month later, two months later, six months later. Uh, then you were generous. And, and that's good. Of course, it's from the Lord, so it's got to be good. Uh, but you know what the Lord spoke to my heart on the way home was, he said, at what level do you get thrilled with your giving? At what level do you get thrilled with your giving? And I thought about that. And I thought about all of the, uh, you know, of course, uh, except for that one year, year uh, when I was in the military years ago stationed out here, I I've tithed my whole life except for that one year. And, uh, you know, if you've never not tithed, just take, uh, be wise and take my advice. That's a very unwise thing to do. <laughs> It was a very challenging time in my life, but the Lord restored, and I was able to even pay back what I didn't tithe, and um, that, that's a testimony itself. But um, so sowing seed, and I, when the Lord spoke that to my heart, I looked back in my heart at the times uh, when I knew, like, this is as I have purposed in my heart, and the, the Lord put this on my heart, sow this much, uh, do this. And I looked at the times when I'd sown and uh, maybe it didn't affect me much. Didn't have a lot of effect on me. Well, sometimes that's been uh, very large amounts. But it hasn't always been very large amounts. Sometimes it's just a little. Sometimes I've wanted to give like, like a lot more. And the Lord said, no, this is what I want you to give. You know, typically with your flesh, it happens the other way. <laughs> that the Lord's like, no, you give this much. And you're like, okay, Lord, well, I, let's, talk, let's talk about that. And, you know, and, you know, the... You start to turn your heart from the Lord. You're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. Just like, just, just give me a second. Give me a second. And uh, so at what level do you get thrilled in your giving? Because joy in giving is a factor in harvesting. That you get thrilled. In other words, give so much or give the amount that you get thrilled about your giving. That you're thrilled about it. Well, one way you can do that is if the Lord speaks to your heart and says, I want you to sow an extra, let's just say, $20, the Lord says. Well, if the Lord, if the Lord spoke to your heart and said, sow an extra $20, well, if you understand what's happening, you would get thrilled about it, right? And the Lord may say, sow an extra 1000 sow an extra 10000 I don't know what the Lord's going to say to you because generosity is different for every person. It's not amount-based. You know, for you it, and me, it may be an amount specifically, like, because the Lord says, I want you to sow this much. Well, if the Lord says that, then that amount is how much you should sow. And unless you sow that amount, don't expect that you're going to get thrilled because God doesn't speak to your head. He speaks to your heart. So, uh, you know, remember uh, 2 Corinthians 
the previous chapter, chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, the Macedonian believers, he said, I don't want you to be unaware or ignorant, not knowing without knowledge of the grace of God that God put upon them. How then a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. Or in other words, they had some great affliction, they had deep poverty, but they gave generously because they gave to the point of joy. You know, in other words, they gave till they were thrilled about it. Same thing, chapter 9. Uh, God loves what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. And, uh, you know, if you feel like, I have to do this, I'm doing this because they're pushing me to do it, uh, well, hopefully you're not ever feeling that from us because uh, we don't ever intend that. Because you shouldn't give that way. I mean, the only way I can see that biblically you could kind of give that way is if you're like, I need a harvest. And I know what the Word says. I know that there is a seed time and harvest is not just a teaching that Jesus did one time. It's not just a teaching that the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul. It is a spiritual law. It is a spiritual law. And so what happens when you get in line with the natural law of gravity is, you know, if I have a pin here and drop it, gravity, that law comes into play, right? And actually the reason that I can stand here and I'm not floating around in this room is because there's gravity. Because if we were in outer space and I was doing this, I'd be, I don't know, they'd have to tether me down so I didn't float around. Well, just as real as the law of gravity, probably more real is the law of seed time and harvest. And God gives seed to the sower. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, say always, always. having all sufficiency, say all sufficiency, uh, in all things, say all things, may abound to every good work. Well, you, you get in line with God's law of seed time and harvest, giving and receiving. You better expect, because God watches his word to perform it. You know what's coming your way. All sufficiency, all things, all the time. Why? Because I'm not guaranteeing that. God's guaranteeing that. Um, verse 9, as it's written, he has dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He's quoting from Isaiah 55 verse 8. Isaiah 55 verse 8 uh, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So in other words, this is not as a natural man thinks. This is not as a natural man acts. Right? Ways is the, your, your way of life, your method of life. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Right? So he's telling us this is, this is something that's beyond natural man, so far beyond as far as the heavens are above the earth, this is beyond the natural man. 
So the natural man's not going to understand it. I would say Paul, uh, by the Holy Spirit, said the natural man, if he tries to grab hold of these things, the natural mind will be uh, full of grief and grudging and feel like, I just have to do it. I just have to do it. No, you, we get to do it. We get to get beyond the, the natural order of things and into the uh, laws of seed time and harvest, into the very grace of God, so as much as someone could look at Macedonian believers and say, how in the world did they do this? You could say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that raised someone like me. I once was poor, but now I'm rich. He has supplied abundantly, right? We're talking about you get into God's territory. I didn't finish. All right. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is a different kind of thinking. God's saying, I think different than you think. I think higher than you think. Yeah, I've got four kids and some of the kids, they'll get a little bit of money and sometimes their flesh tendency is like, I'm going to spend it all on this. They're just thinking right here, right now. They're thinking kind of low, right? Well, you've got to come up higher. For as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow from heaven and doesn't return, it says thither. How many of you say thither normally? I don't ever say thither. You return thither? I don't know. Doesn't go back, you know. But waters the earth and makes it bring forth bud. Here's, here is where the Holy Spirit, the word that the Holy Spirit made real to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's the line. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return void. Huh. God himself is telling us it will not return void. The word that goes out of my mouth it will not return void. What if the word came out of God's mouth, hit you in your heart and said, I want you to sow this amount. I want you to do this. And you're right in the middle of financial pressure where you're like, yeah, but Lord, right now we're trying to cut back on everything right now. And in fact, we, we, we have asked you to increase us because we need increase because what resources we have are not enough. So now is not a good time. And he says, I don't think like you. My thoughts are so much higher than your thought. This is not like, I did not like grab two scriptures and bring them together. The Holy Spirit had Paul bring that scripture to the Corinthians. And if it applies to the Corinthians, it certainly applies to us. All right, let me, I didn't finish. Okay. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. Faith 
comes by the Word of God coming out of His mouth and getting embedded into your heart. As soon as you hear from God or see what He's showing you, beyond your natural mind, it's in your heart, the light is there, and when the light is there, faith is there. Faith is not a work. Faith is not difficult. Faith is a rest. Faith is something you enter into that you're like, how could you be so good? You just find out who he is and what he said. You're like, wait, you said this. So I'm going to go beyond grudging. I'm going to go beyond necessity. I'm going to go into joy, joy in believing. There is joy in believing. Hallelujah. Um, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please. Right? Seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Somebody said, well, yeah, I'm not going to go do that. Okay. <laughs> and it will prosper in the thing that I sent it to. Verse 12. For you will go out with joy and be led forth by peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall uh, come up the fir tree. I don't know about your yard, but if I let my yard just go, it goes to thorns. I had a bad experience when we first moved there. I was clearing it because they had let it go. And I was clearing it with a little walk behind brush hog. And uh, I went through there and these thorns just ripped my arm like all, uh, what do you call it? Just blood everywhere, scratches. That's the word, scratches. And uh, right after that, I went into poison ivy. <laughs> that was not fun. Okay. Instead of the thorn will come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar will come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name. Joy is a factor in your harvest. That you give until you're full of joy. Or give, I shouldn't say until, but you give to the point that you got joy. And when you know that you're giving what the Lord told you to give, you can be full of joy. Why? You've you got to get something that gets beyond your natural mind to think like, well, if I got another job, if, if this happened, if that happened, that you get to the point where you're like, you know what? Either I believe the Bible or I don't. It's either true or it's not true. I believe it's true. I have t proved and I have seen that it is good. And if you haven't, just start tithing. The Bible says, prove me in this. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. Come on. There are testimonies in our church of people who never tithe and they started tithing within 30 days. Everything turned. Everything changed. But you know, every seed does not grow up and to produce the fruit in 30 days. I, the Lord is so much wiser than we are. Well, we think I'm just going to plant this seed in the ground and uh, tomorrow I'm going to eat the fruit of it. <laughs> Jesus redeemed us from the curse of poverty. 
he did not take away seed time and harvest. Just now, instead of planting a seed and having the curse on your harvest, you have the blessing on your harvest. You still have the, what, the waters that come down, the snows that come down, that water, that seed, and produce fruit and produce bud. I, I love uh, planting seeds. Actually, into the kingdom and into the earth. <laughs> First Peter uh, 1 Peter 1.8, Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. So, get ready. Get ready. Get ready for a harvest. Not only does this affect... Uh, your finances, that he multiplies your seed sown, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, that all grace may abound towards you, that you always in all things, that grace of God will affect more than just your finances, but it'll affect your finances. That you can actually give more than you have ever given and you will still have more than you've ever had. That you enter into a different place in the things of God that affect you in different ways. That even the fruits of your righteousness, the Bible says, will be seen. Remember Jesus said in, was it, is it Matthew 6? I think he said in Matthew 6. Uh, let me turn there real quick. Somebody say, this is helping me. Matthew chapter 6. God doesn't want you stuck where you're at. Yeah, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 19. Uh, while you're turning over there, I'm going to reread uh, chapter 9, verse 7. And good news says... You shall each give then as you have decided, not with regret or out of a sense of duty, for God loves the one who gives gladly. Basic Bible says, let every man do after the purpose of his heart, not giving with grief or by force, for God takes pleasure in a ready giver. So there's no force. Uh, there's nobody forcing you. Uh, there's nobody pressuring you. But I am going to speak the word of God boldly to you because uh, I have experienced lack in my life. And I've had the fear of what if this doesn't work? I've had the, the hesitation to enter into God's laws of sowing and reaping or giving and receiving. And then I heard the word on it. And I said, okay, let's do this. It either works or it doesn't work. Some of you know our, our testimony of planting the church. Like, we're like somebody followed the Lord, I suppose, and brought us some food because we didn't know where the food was coming from. And I kept saying, Lord, like, I'm going to uh, go get a job. 
He said, I, I want you to give yourself to the Word and to prayer. And I said, well, I've seen a lot of foolish people do that. And I'm not a foolish person. I'm not going to be a foolish person. So I talked to my pastor. Every time I prayed, I could not get away from it. My friend called me up. He said, I'll give you a job making $90,000 a year. You work from home, but you got to travel like 40% of the time. Oh, that sounded good. The kids are homeschooling. I needed some computers for them. And <laughs> I said, couldn't do computers. I couldn't buy a CD-ROM, you know. That's old school, but an MP3 disc or stick or something, you know. I'm like, oh, that must be God. Every time I'd pray about that, I just get uneasy feeling like, oh, almost dirty feeling, you know. You're like, it's just not right. It's just not right. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing to me? He was working James chapter 1 in me. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That the testing of your faith is more precious than gold. Something when there is no other source and there is no other way, but God shows up and he multiplies your seed sown. And we had sown for years, two or three years before we moved here. Every time I have an opportunity to sow, the Lord would be like, I want you to sow all that that's in your account. I'm like, I just did that last time. <laughs> it's like he doesn't care what you did last time. He's like, I know, but I still said that. I'm like, okay. And don't do that unless the Lord tells you to do that. I'm only, I was just telling our testimony, and, you know, we were planning a church and different things like that, so the Lord know what we needed. That's the exception to the rule. You know, you only find, like, one case in the New Testament where the widow, uh, you know, uh, gave her last mite, and then uh, th there's only a, a couple, like, I think there's two situations in the New Testament where somebody did that. That's not common. That's not normal. That's probably not you, okay? So don't get nervous and don't do something that the Lord doesn't tell you to do. Just because you heard somebody else, the Lord did somebody else that way, well, then I think I should spit in everybody's eye, spit and make mud and put in everybody's eye, and they'll all be healed. No? Right? They taught me at Bible school, you got to be ready to clean toilets in the ministry. I, I don't know if I've cleaned one toilet in the ministry. I, I did before I got into the ministry when I was in, uh, a young kid at our church. I would clean that. So I was ready. I was primed. I'm like... I'm ready to clean a toilet. Well, I had my toilets, I found out, were labeling VHS tapes and getting that label perfectly straight. That was so demeaning to me. I was so full of pride that I didn't even know. I had no idea. My label of VHS tape. They want me as an expert in Dallas, Texas. They want to give me a promotion. They want to fly me back and forth all the time. I had all these other job opportunity. But the Lord said, I want you to go here, Raymond, work there. So I started labeling VHS tapes. Man, I despise that. I am so much better than this. I have expertise. But I, I put those labels on straight. And I found out, you know, they, you get some of them and they come with bad glue, you know. And so I'd be like, that batch is bad. Other people, they just put them on. I'm like, I'm not going to do it wrong, even though I despise it, you know. I'm putting it on. You know, the thing I despised, man, the Lord opened up a window of blessing in that very thing. Uh, Kenneth Hagin called up one day and said, hey, you know, I was responsible for the tapes, all the tapes, organizing, doing all this stuff. He said, 
I want every tape that we have in the vault uh, from Brother and Sister Goodwin. Well, whose job was it to get those and restore those and bring those back? So I had, because I was the tape guy, I had to sit there and endure all of this Holy Ghost teaching from Mom and Dad Goodwin, Brother and Sister Goodwin, from up, uh, near Houston, Pasadena, Texas. Man, what a ministry. And you know, since then, uh, of course, we travel with Dad Hagen, and uh, you know, that was part of the job too, but it wasn't at that point, but right shortly after that it was. And uh, then since he went to heaven, I talked to them and they wanted to restore all of these old recordings. And so I restored old recordings. So the very thing that I despised, the Lord was not only trying to get me to like humble myself before him, but even in that very thing, there was such blessing. He doesn't work like we work. Thank God, because he sets us free from ourselves. We would just stumble all over ourselves because we're so smart and we're so, we need to do so much greater things, you know. Jesus said, the one that wants to do great things, let him serve. You want to see a, a, a man or a woman who is great in the kingdom of God, you'll find someone who is serving. Serving in the kingdom. So, uh, Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Lord's trying to work on us. What do we treasure? And in the, he is so good. Because in the midst of that, getting us to treasure the right things so our life is going the right direction, he's like, I'm going to bless you financially in the middle of that if you don't put money first. Isn't that different than the ways of man? The ways of man are like, pinch every penny you can. Squeeze the face off of the copper. Well, it's not copper anymore. What is it, zinc and something else? Anyhow, they got cheap. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, you got to be wise financially. You can't be buying everything that your eyes see and then claim the blessing of God. You're being irresponsible financially. You got to save for the future. Proverbs talk about saving for the future. But boy, I tell you what, you sow a seed at the direction of God's Spirit and you water that seed with speaking the word over that seed that God is multiplying my seed sown. Some of you probably have thousands upon thousands of dollars of seed in the ground. Maybe you didn't speak over it. Maybe you need to be speaking more about it. You know what? You need to get thrilled about the seed that you already have in the ground that God is multiplying that seed. He is not a liar. His word is not false. His word is true. The thoughts of man, the thoughts of the world, those are temporary. Those are not eternal. Many times those are deceptive and those are false. This is true. This word will endure when this world passes away. This will still be true. 
you want to act on something that's eternal. You get in line with eternal laws of the eternal God. Totally change your way of life. Totally change how you act. Listen, listen what Jesus said. Verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. In other words, what you see, what you observe, what you read with your eyes, you're, it's going to let stuff into you. It's the light. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. You know what that word single is? Somebody say it. Generous. Generous. Somebody say, well, why in the world did they translate it single? Well, that's old King James language. But apparently... They must have done it because there must be a connection between, by, uh, listen, between, is that the right word? There's, there must be a connection between being singularly focused on being generous and generosity. In other words, a generous person is a generous person. That generosity is, is to be part of your whole life. Like the measure of the gospel that you have received, that you are generous with that measure of the gospel. The finances that you have received, you are generous with those finances. The time that you have, you are generous with that time. The vehicles you have, you are generous with the vehicles that you have. The prayers that you pray, you are generous with the prayers that you pray. But you don't just pray prayers for you, your kids, your grandparents, your church. Come on, I pray for other churches here. Especially the ones that believe like we believe. We need more of them. They need like a greater lampstand. The voice needs to be magnified more. Have you seen how Washington, D.C. is apart from the Word and the Holy Spirit? The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be generous, your whole body will be full of light. This affects everything about your body, everything about your life, your generous eye. What does that mean? Oh, I'm looking at you. How can I be generous to you? How can I be generous to every place? Oh, how can I be generous to you? Oh, look, the equipment. How can I be generous with the equipment of the church? Oh, look, how can I be generous to James? How can I be generous? Somebody told me recently about a story they were in another country. I don't remember what it was or who it was. Some, maybe one of you guys told me. They're in another country. I think their car broke down or they had some difficulty or something like that. Everybody just ignored them, just went by them. Nobody helped them. They were not generous. The culture was an ungenerous culture, or you could say grudging. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, verse 23. But if your eye is evil, ooh, I would not want to have an evil eye. I'm going to give you the evil eye. <laughs> if your eye uh, is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. 
If therefore the light that's in you is darkness, that's talking about the light that's in you, what? That's your eye. That's how you interact. That's how you see life. It's how you see people. It's how you see the world. You look at finances and you see uh, grudging or evil. Uh, you look at people, you see, oh, they're just out to get me. Oh, they're just trying to take from me. Oh, they're just whatever. Well, you, that'll come off on how you look at God. Somebody, I've been spending time with the Lord and you don't love people. That's a lie. You are deceived. The closer I get with God, the more I walk with God, the more my heart is open to help people, to love people, to lift people, to strengthen people. God has given us his, the precious blood of Jesus that we can enter into his presence anytime, anywhere because of the blood. Well, that blood, he didn't say, I shed my blood just for Tim because you're more special than everybody else. No, you're the most special person to God in this room, just like everybody else. <laughs> if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light that's in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, uh, that word means grudging. The evil, the word evil means grudging. It means ungenerous. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Don't believe a thing I preach. If you, if you act on what I preach from the Word of God and it's not because you believe that that is what God said or you know that that's what God said, you are not going to get God results. Not because any man or any woman says the Word. It's not my words. It's because you saw, wait a minute, this is what God said. God said this. And he, I didn't say I'm watching over God's Word to perform it. He's watching over His Word to perform it. Why don't you have a performance of it? Maybe you're not acting in the Word. God is not a liar. He is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. God will supply. Sometimes, sometimes your greatest need is not financial. Sometimes your greatest need is a word from God. You just need a word from God. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and powerful. Thank you that you sowed your word into us, that your word is producing in our lives, in our hearts. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. Father, that you uh, have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Father, I pray for every one of us right now. Speak to our hearts concerning our giving how you'd have us to give. Father, that we don't give because we feel pressure or necessity, but because we know this is what my God has put on my heart. Father, I thank you for increase in every person and every family unit that's here or that's listening. Father, I thank you that you are the God of increase, that our giving, when we honor you, when we bring to you, we always, we always, always, are blessed by you, that you enable us, that you are our enabler, the enabler of blessing on our lives, that you enable uh, the truth of your word 
to stir and to change us in ways that we are set free, that we, we think a different way, that we act a different way, that we come out of darkness and we come into light. Father, I thank you for affecting our hearts as we sow and as we give, that our whole perspective on life is different, that we live different, that we live free, that we're not dominated by that strong flesh desire for a bunch of things, a bunch of stuff. But we treasure your word in our hearts more than any amount of money, more than the best houses, vehicles, more than any natural thing that we allow your word to be implanted in the most intimate part of ourselves. Father, thank you for producing a harvest and fruit and life there and that that changes us, that we're changed by your word, that we're changed by your spirit, that you yourself speak to our hearts, that you yourself teach us and that you yourself show us, that you yourself strengthen us and lift us, that you bring us out of darkness into light, that you bring us out of lack into blessing, not only financially, oh, but spiritually. Oh, relationships, when we need the right relationship, when our children need the right relationship. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over every child in this church, over their eyes, what they see, their ears, what they hear, their feet, where they go. Father, I thank you for your hand of protection and your very angels that surround them on every side, protection for them uh, when they get up and when they go to bed and when they walk through the day. Father, I thank you for your purpose and your plan for all of these little people. It shall come to pass. It will be fulfilled. They will walk in strength. They will walk in health. They will walk in your word under the anointing of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That you're out to bless families. That you're out to increase families. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open our eyes to see your ways, your word, like a flood of revelation, knowledge, and uh, uh, truth being imparted into us. Father, that we don't live the same way, that we walk and talk and speak and move and breathe and have our being in him, in Jesus our Lord, that we find out who we really are. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Secure in him. Blessed in him. Living in him. That we see from a different place, a different plane, that we see from heavenly places. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're a good God. Oh, you're a good God. Your blessings are good. Your ways are good. Your thoughts are good. Your plans are good. Your purposes, oh, your purpose for our lives is so good. So good. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, hallelujah. Let's just pray in the spirit together. Hallelujah. So horridice, alaboso revia dinosaur, edivisha itikiaso, danami, fafo pedishi, o horridice, sikima, o davarishi hikiena, onde sendele ingiaso horabada via, o desida gisto horavaha, ne solono no so bande be, vedo delo 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 dila, o faradishi hikisado do so, alamasadida isi hikiado. Oh, Soramamba, Deston, Destin, Destinies, 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 Estamo, Nikia, Sohore, Debefefia, Oto, So. Ha 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 ha. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 It's about the money. Remember, here's the base say that phrase, it's about the money. The Lord just spoke to me, Luke chapter 16. He that's faithful in that which is least is also faithful in that which is much. He that's unjust in that which is least is unjust in that which is much. If therefore uh, you have not been faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your trust, the true riches? Remember that young man? He did everything right, according to the law. At least he thought he did. <laughs> Jesus didn't take the time to say he didn't. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. But that wasn't his biggest problem. 
His biggest problem was money. Jesus said, you lack one thing. Take everything that you have, sell it and give to the poor. Interesting to note, he didn't say sell it and give all of it to the poor. You ever think about that? Anyhow, he said sell it and give it to the poor. said that young man went away sad because he had many possessions. I like to translate it, many possessions had him and it made him really sad. Well, you mean I got to give up all this? Yeah, you have to give up all of your possessions from the lordship in your heart. I've had the Lord tell me sometimes, you need to give that up. I said, okay, after a little bit of a wrestling. <laughs> All right, you need to, you know, the Lord said, I just didn't want that to have the throne of your heart. You don't actually have to give it. I don't want it to have you. We can be so um, narrow-minded sometimes because we just look at natural things and we look at money in a natural way and just think like, you know, well, the Lord just wants to give me lots of money. Well, he wants you to have a lot of money. He wants you to have the desires of your heart richly, all things to enjoy he has given us. He doesn't want that to own you. I mean, the word is so much more valuable than any amount of money. And yet, in our seeking for more money, we crowd out the word. Jesus said in the parable, he said, this is a parable to define all of the parables. It's the parable of the sower. You know, one of the issues with some people receiving in that was the lust for other things, the desire for natural riches. You know, one of the men that started out with the Apostle Paul, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know how, like, I guess you call it flesh. Flesh just likes to go to extremes. Like you gotta be poor to be humble. Or you gotta be wealthy to be spiritual. Neither of those are true. God doesn't want money owning you. But that doesn't mean he doesn't want you blessed beyond your wildest dreams. That he'll provide for you in every sort of way. I've seen people so blessed by God, they could go anywhere, live in anything, but if you look at their bank account, they don't have hardly anything. They literally live by faith. You know, George Muller started that orphanage. A pastor went and stayed there at night. He had 400 kids to feed the next morning. They had no food, no money. George Muller prayed before he went to bed, went to sleep. This man can't sleep all night. He's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Nobody knew. George Muller would not send out a, not that it's wrong to do it, but he wouldn't send out a newsletter, and they didn't even have uh, communication means back then. He said 5 o'clock in the morning, a, he heard a truck drive up, and they start unloading, and they had all of this food and all of this bread, and they, it was left over, and they just gave it, and it showed up. 
They were rich, abundantly supplied. Sometimes you, you, we stop the blessing of God because we say, well, it had to be this much or this or whatever. It has to be done my way. Although you, you get in line with the laws of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, and God will change your heart. He will change your life. You'll have a generous eye. All of a sudden you'll th see things different and God will take care of all those other things. I mean, Solomon, richest man, right, that ever lived, how he was dressed, how he was arrayed, as the King James says it. Even he in all of his glory was not dressed as good as the lilies of the field which are here today and gone tomorrow. Jesus said, Matthew 6, how much more, how much more, if God does that for that that's gone in a day, how much more will he take care of you? How much more? A whole lot more. I guess as more as the heaven is above the earth. <laughs> Pastor Mark calls that uh, the money test. Who will entrust to you true riches? What's the true riches? Man. When God opens up his word to you, when you know the only way you can see that, the only way that life, that you, you, you're just like awestruck. Maybe you're like John, you can't even speak, right? When you know God loved you so much, he showed that to you, that's true riches. Why? Well, like Solomon didn't pray for money, he asked for wisdom. Well, you get spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. That changes everything. You know how to pray. You know what to say in every situation. You have an anointing and an unction from the Holy One. You don't need that any man teach you because you got a teacher on the inside. You got one on the inside that quickens you. Say this. I went to Bible school. I remember one day the Lord, I just was driving out and just strong in my spirit. Said, no accident will overtake me. So I just said, no accident will overtake me. And I thought, why in the world did I say that? Well, drive down the road, car's right next to me. The only way they didn't hit me, I guess, is an angel. But wham, like that. They did not touch me. Nothing. To this day, it still boggles my mind. Because I saw them. And I saw them come over like here. But the word, that's a lot more important than money. My life. I imagine I'd have gone, I'd have gone to heaven early and never met my beautiful wife. Praise the Lord. You know what? Let's do, let's sing that song. Are you ready? This is my testimony. Let's sing that. Praise the Lord.
many of you have children? There's something about when your kids get attacked that you're like, oh no, that is not going to happen. Well, it's a little different as a pastor, but you feel it's, it's some similarities. So uh, I know some people have had some financial challenges. So uh, that's one of the reasons I've been uh, speaking a little uh, stronger concerning giving and receiving because it's true and it works. 
Remember what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4? It's not that I desire a gift. I desire fruit abounding to your account. The Lord bring you out. Nobody gets the glory but the Lord. You know, God himself, he's the only one that could do this. He's the only one that could change this. He's the only one that could cause this to happen. So that you're just like amazing God. Amazing goodness. Amazing grace. God is the God of life. He makes dead things live. Praise the Lord. Your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. God is not unrighteous to forget. Cornelius, he prayed and he gave and his whole family came to the Lord. His giving went before the Lord. He's coming. Did you ever have like the Lord speak to you? Your heart and the way he said it was so much better than you ever heard anybody else say it. Like you knew when he spoke to you, there was he was not hurting you, not trying to, uh, he may say something corrective, but it's always so full of love that you're like, oh, Yes. I mean, your flesh might be unhappy, but the way he speaks, he knows exactly the words. When someone is giving and someone is sowing, their heart is affected. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It won't be long. the Jesus most amazed at the faith of the centurion <laughs> why that man understood authority he said you do not have to come to my house you just speak the word only you speak the word only you know sometimes people you know they brought cloths handkerchiefs to the hands of Paul they, he, he, he prayed for them the claws and they went on the bodies of the sick whatever they were whatever they were attacked within their body they were healed man I've heard so many testimonies about that some people can give not even know why they're giving it's like I, I can give I'll give do that you want to do that I'm married to you you want to do that all right I agree you do that they are giving they have no idea praise the Lord what happened to their heart God knows how to woo you he knows how to bring you in like, like Cornelius not only was his family born again but they were filled with the Holy Spirit 
on fire for God beside themselves. You get full of the Holy Spirit, you're beside yourself. Sometimes you even say, self, what are you doing? Self is yielding to the Holy Spirit. Paul, Paul got so far over into this, he's like, I'm not even living anymore. He said, I'm simply enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. I'm just watching Jesus work. Hallelujah. Well, if you're here this morning and uh, you have never received Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. If you're watching online, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. The Word of God says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. God planned for you, every one of us, to be part of his family. That's why you're reading the Word all the time, return to the Lord. You say, well, they've never been with the Lord. Oh, no. There is nothing in the Word of God about your name being written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, but there is something about your name being blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. God planned for every human to be part of His family. But you can't do that with just natural thoughts. Well, I think this. I think that. I think it should be like this. I think it should be like that. No, you've got to get the thoughts of God. The only way you get those thoughts is you make Jesus your Lord change your whole perspective. In fact, the Bible, you, you, you'll never understand the Bible until you're born of the Spirit because the Bible is a product of the Spirit. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a minute. When I do, if you would like to be born again, you'd like to have a new life, a fresh start, I want you to pray that prayer with me. You don't become a Christian, uh, a believer, uh, born again, a new creation, many terms people use. Uh, most of those are Bible terms, but that doesn't happen in your life because you've done so many good things, you've accumulated so many, because you gave so much money. Cornelius gave, and God opened his eyes to the Christ. But you don't, it's not because you do good things, and you don't find out, well, you will find out when you die if you went to heaven or not that's a really bad place to find out the Bible says know that you have eternal life you can know today that you are born again that you're part of the family of God and you can have all of your sins taken away from you all of your guilt and burdens rolled off of you you can live a brand new life this life is free you're not bound in this life You live totally free by living for Christ. Let's pray. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins. Jesus, I receive you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. You are now my Lord. Father God, thank you that you're now my father and I am your child. You take care of me. 
Your spirit lives on the inside of me. Fill me full of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer, he 